All right, welcome back, everybody, to NDBNB. Me and Grant are here with our new friend, Timothy Carpenter, all the way from Tennessee. What's going on, man? Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Of course. We're glad to have you on. Um, you know, we were just talking before we started here. And, um, you know, what was kind of your uh, – you're originally from Ohio. You know, what what kind of – what got you from Ohio to, to Nashville? Yeah, that's a great question. So I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, was there until I turned 18, then went to college uh, just north of Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I was there um, about four years, I think, four or five. Um, and then just in the uh, middle of the pandemic, 2020, my wife and I moved to Nashville. Uh, she started nursing school, and um, that was really the primary reason for us moving. And now we're here doing music, and she's working at Vanderbilt, and life's good. I can't think of a better place for doing uh, nursing and doing uh, music. So it really did kind of work out well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, growing up in the, in the Midwest, how, how was that, uh, you know, with your, your music influences? Did you get a, you get a lot of, uh, you know, thrash core metal or did you get some more, (laughs) uh, you know, stuff? I feel like the Midwest is kind of a conglomerate of a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a pretty deep appreciation for it personally. I feel like some people shit on it, but um, it's kind of what you make it. Like, I feel like there's a lot of folk artists. There's a lot of like thrash punk, you know, like uh, garage bands kind of happening. And um, I feel like there's just a blend of maybe everybody's a little bit influenced by each other. But for me, it ended up being a kind of like a folk acoustic singer songwriter um take on the whole thing and i haven't really looked back since yeah you know what is it why do people shit on ohio so hard i don't know <laughs> i feel like someone's got to be the scapegoat man like uh, you know uh, ohio is just kind of that cornfield state that like sounds funny and a joke yeah i don't know but uh you know what kind of how did you get started in music you know growing up i grew up in church um that's really where music kind of was first um uh, like I was first exposed to music in general, uh, you know, started on a worship team at about 15. I saw friends of mine playing guitar or piano and singing. And I thought that that was pretty cool. Um, so I asked for a guitar for Christmas one year and I got this like $45, you know, hand me down guitar that my parents probably bought at some garage sale. And, uh, I tried playing it for like, I don't know, probably a half hour the day I got it. And it was, uh, damn near impossible. I was pretty defeated. I put it in the corner and didn't touch it again for like three years. And then I was finally kind of got the resolve to, to pick it back up and play and start writing songs or trying. Um, candidly, there was, uh, my wife, uh, was also, we grew up together. So she was, um, on the worship team when we were kids and I had a big crush on her. And I thought maybe if I played guitar, she'd be into me. And, here we are about 15 years later and I guess it worked out. So. I'm going to say it did work out. You know, I mean, chicks did yeah. the guitar player. So um, I believe it. Did you find it uh, harder or easier to kind of, you know, obviously growing up in church, there's that obviously like the church sound, but did you find it harder or easier to kind of, once you, you know, started writing songs to kind of evolve from that? Um, yeah that's a good question too I think um, it definitely played a big part in the way I play music I was just talking with somebody the other day about even just the way I hear like chord progressions or melodies is really rooted in 
in Christian worship music. Um, it's pretty standard, you know, it's similar to like country or pop. They pretty much put four chords, uh, into a song. And then, uh, I will say they're pretty known for their like emotional dynamics in music. And so that's why, in my opinion, it works. Um, I think that my music has similar qualities. Like I'd say that I use, uh, pretty standard chords and, and voicings, but I, I feel like what really is the, like the secret sauce is um, some of the, the melody and the dynamic that's used in my songs uh, just to kind of evoke certain emotions. Um, not really, it's not intentional, like from me to be manipulative um, in any way. Uh, I do think everything that I make is an attempt at being pretty genuine. Um, and I kind of call it like my journal. Um, or like my public diary, if you will. But, um, but yeah, I think there was a bit of a, like a divorce that had to happen. I, I, I grew up, I was leading worship. I did that professionally for uh, about four or five years. And then um, since leaving that world, I don't, I don't really want to like try to recreate that same style of music in the same way. Uh, I don't really want to be confused for religious music per, per se. Um, but I, I do, like I would say, um, I do like to infuse my songs lyrically with a bit of spirituality because I'm a spiritual guy. And so it's important to me to not like completely abandon that. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that stuck out to me when I was, I was listening is to your music. I was the, the recordings themselves are just like, there's a lot of clarity, you know, what, what mm -hmm. do you record or are you recording yourself or are you, uh, you got yeah. some mixes your stuff or what? Yeah, I've got a guy named John Class that I work with primarily. He's amazing. Uh, he's here in Nashville, uh, works with a lot of our friends as well. And he's just, I mean, he's absolutely the best at, uh, in my opinion, um, at what he does, uh, producing, mixing, arranging, that kind of a thing. And uh, lately I've been uh, recording a little bit more here out of my house and then uh, like typically demos. And then I'll pass that along to, to John and um, he might say like, Hey, those guitars sound great. Let's use those. And then we'll kind of build, um, from his studio on top of that. Uh, but yeah, he, he does a great job. Cause I feel like my music is so, uh, I feel like it's complex musically. There's a lot happening. There's a lot of like ear candy moments here and there. And so I think he does a good job of carving out space. So it's not just clutter and noise. Cause I think that that's a, there's a fine line between something that feels like uh, digestible and something that's just like ah, there's too much fucking shit happening <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i was i can't remember what song it was on but it felt like it, it almost i could like picture myself it felt like i was sitting in like a room with you like almost like in a cabin or something like and i could just it was like i was sitting there with you listening to that's it. awesome it was like and it was just you know on my laptop coming through these speakers so it's not you know, some incredible sound system I was listening on. But yeah, I was like, man, this feels like I'm, you know, just sitting there listening to you play guitar and, and sing on top of it. So um, I appreciate that. That's kind of the goal. I mean, I my music, I've told people before, I don't generally write my music with the listener in mind, but I do hope that people that hear it feel like it's um, kind of personable and um, and honest. And I think there's something about like, some of my influence like soup sean stevens or like christian lee hudson the way their vocals translate are just as if somebody's talking to you very conversational and so that's something mm -hmm. that i feel like between john and i we've achieved and i'm pretty excited about it yeah work for me and yeah. you know we, we gotta ask you know 
did the TV really fall on you? You know, <laughs> what's, what's, what's the deal with that? Man? That's a good question. Yeah, uh, I like I said, I do my best to, to tell the truth in my songs. Uh, there's a little bit of embellishment here and there, but that one is that's tried and true. I was like, I will say, uh, I don't think it was 2003 because I would have been nine. I think I was maybe seven or eight, um, and. I was like laying on the floor of our basement watching one of these big old, you know, you remember those TVs that had the super heavy glass front on them and they're like that deep. And so I'm like laying beneath this thing, you know, got my arms like this and I'm just kind of watching cartoons or something. And my feet, I'm just kicking the the doors on these. Um, it was like a, a TV stand that had little compartments for DVDs or VHS or whatever. And I'm kicking them back and forth because my ADHD brain needed to do something in the middle of uh, watching this show and, I guess I kicked it in just a way that the whole thing collapsed and this TV just like fell on me. And so, and I like, I pushed it off. I was dizzy. I was screaming, crying, all that, you know, and ran upstairs, tell my parents, they check out my forehead, take me to the hospital, found out I had a concussion. They said I should be fine. As far as I know, nothing, you know, crazy happened as a result, but sure enough, uh, no joke. I was sitting at my breakfast table with my dad, like a week later and he was, uh, I believe the phrase that he used was something to the effect of you should consider yourself lucky, or maybe it was like, you know, God was looking out for you because somebody else just died from this TV falling on their head and you didn't. And so, well, I, I understand like the heart behind what he's saying um, in the moment I was like, Oh yeah, I'm so lucky. Thank God. You know, uh, now as a damn near 30 year old, I was kind of like looking back on that experience and, kind of wondering like well what it like how could you how could you say that and not really to throw shade at my dad but more just like why why do we look at things that way why do we justify things that way when like my life is not arguably more valuable than this person's but in the context of my family maybe it is even though yeah so it's just a bit of existentialism peppered in there but it's certainly um it's funny to me that like as I ask the question in the song, like, what do you think that means? Or like, what's the purpose of this thing? Uh, perhaps it was just that I'd write a song about it 25 yeah. years later. So, <laughs> Well, how was the, how was the TV? Was it okay? TV was all right. Yeah. All right. I think it, it, yeah, it made it out unscathed. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Cause you know, we can, you know, we can replace you, I guess, but we cannot replace. <laughs> what we need I mean, there's away. there's plenty of folk singer songwriters, yeah, but those can... VHS uh, built-in TVs are kind of uh, they're probably worth something these days. Yeah, they're hard to come by now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, let's kick it over. Grant talk some some live music. Yeah, so you know, one thing you know, before we move off of you know some of your albums and stuff, like you know, you had the, you have kind of like a, it's like a, a season of age, you know, within one of your albums with, you know, prep school, like talk about the influences of just getting into that. Like when we were talking yeah. grade school to going in, like, you know, the kind of the shorter song in the first part, and then we kind of build, but you know, when you, when you created that, what was the inspiration and what were you, you know, looking at in your life at that point? Yeah, I, I really, um, I had no idea that I was going to write this concept record prep school. Um, and I think I've always wanted to do something like that. I like my brain enjoys um, like directing things. And so I like the idea of like, I've always wanted to work on like a movie set someday where I can, you know, look at all the visuals and try to like uh, take something from conceptual in my brain to actually being um, something that people enjoy. And so 
I think I, I work as hard as I can within music to do the same thing and make it feel like larger than life. And so I, I had written high school. It was titled something else. I think it was just called letting you down. Um, and that was it. And I wanted to write a record, but I didn't really know what it was going to be about or if it was going to have any kind of central theme. And then I, I got in a, in a writing room with my buddy, Rob Vincent, and he had this melody that's kind of like, and I was like, that's cool. We should do something with that. Um, and I started writing about grade school, just like these memories I had. I was like, I think I had told him I really wanted to write about um, like my appearance and how when you're a kid, you don't really know that anything's wrong with you until somebody tells you. And generally they're not even right. You know, they're just, it's somebody mm -hmm. being mean or whatever. And so um, I wanted to write this song. That's like, man, I, I remember being in, in school and somebody pointing out like my teeth with a gap or, or uh, too tall or my, you know, something about me looks funny. And then it really starts to make you question intrinsically. Like why, well, like, why am I damaged? If, if that's not the way it's supposed to be, why am I this way? And so um, once we had that song and then I think I was I'm either in the shower or in the car that's kind of the two places I feel like I have my best ideas and I just was like oh my god this letting you down song kind of feels like what my high school uh, experience was and I've already written this other song grade school what if I wrote this this prep school concept record um, that really just kind of travels through my formative years um, specifically surrounding school I, I grew up in a private Christian school and so there's all kinds of like, you know, faith and deconstruction and trying to find your own identity and just a lot of themes that all circled around the educational experience for me. And um, I never thought I'd write a concept record about school, uh, but that's kind of what it ended up being. Um, and then I wrote undergrad shortly thereafter, uh, just to like kind of capture that that college period of my life. Um, and then, yeah, I, I wanted to, to I, kind of going back to the movie analogy, I really wanted to end it with something that felt thematic. And, and so that's where that little short graduation song comes in as it kind of just um, glues the theme together, in my opinion. Um, so. Very cool. Very cool. Well, like within all your music, you know, Tash mentioned it earlier, like it's, it's like you're sitting there with you when you're listening to it. Now, when you do play live, like I walk into the show, I've never seen you before. What, what can we expect? What are the things that, you know, you want me to take away and, and what's it like? I mean, I, we've talked to people before, um, Lowen being an example, like she's kind of, you know, a, a folk singer in a, a, at heart, but then when you see her live, she's, you know, you know, very loud and, and very, you know, intense. Sure. And so like, talk to me about, you know, what, what your show's like, brother. My shows have been uh, pretty dynamic. I feel like just from, there's a few different setups that we've been doing. Um, I'm pretty new at this as a solo project. I used to tour with my wife in a, in a folk duo. And so we, we used to do that kind of a thing, mm -hmm. but since uh, moving into this project, I have only played a handful of shows so far. And a couple of them are just me and a guitar, um, just real, you know, stripped back and, and raw and, and intimate. And, um, and then lately we, I've played with a trio a couple of times, which has been a keys player and a cellist and, I like that setup a lot because I think it um, there's so much happening with the record that we don't play with tracks or anything, at least not right now. And so it's, it's almost impossible to try to recreate the record verbatim. And so what I've tried to do is interpret it in, in these different uh, settings, depending on what the venue, you know, feels like it would be the best case. And so uh, I love having strings if I can, if I can manage it. And yeah. um, I would say the set, it just feels like a, 
it's like a conversation. I feel like people come and, and I, I open with like grade school or, or maybe uh, stories from outer space or something. And I, I don't try to talk a lot because I feel like the lyrics of the songs are already so uh, like developed and, and conversational that I, I don't know that saying a whole lot in between is, is necessary, but I do like to make that connection with the audience. So I try my best to, um, you know, say a couple of things and, and try to, you know, make a joke here or there if I feel like I'm, I've got something funny to say. <laughs> gotcha. Well, like, what are some of the, you know, obviously ideal venue you could go, you know, we could talk, you know, big theater, we can talk, you know, intimate bar, like what's your, sure. what's your current, you know, you like where you like going the best right now? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I do. I like there to be like a level of intimacy where I can at least see the crowd um, and feel like I can connect with or like get a pulse on how they're experiencing the show. Um, and so I've only, like, I've played uh, a couple bars, a couple coffee houses, a couple backyards, and then a couple proper venues during this project. And I'd say I do like the venues the best. I like being able to be kind of on a stage where there's like a proper sound system and some lighting. Uh, but they're usually like two, 300 cap, something like that, where I can still see the back of the room and I can still kind of feel the energy of, of the people that are listening. Um, I mean, I'd certainly love to play larger venues in the future, but I don't really ever dream of playing like arenas or anything like that. I just, I don't know that even if my music, like even if there was a demand to play that size, I think I'd want to stay like under a thousand or, or right around that just because those rooms feel um, accessible, I think, as an artist. And mm -hmm. the larger you get, it just almost divorces you from the crowd. And it kind of feels like maybe a little dehumanizing as an art, like you're really just a product at that point. And so, yeah. um yeah, I'd love to really play like mid-sized clubs, I think would be the goal uh, moving forward. Yeah. Very good. Well, and obviously we're here in Atlanta. Like, you know, have you been here before? Have you played here before? And, and what are some of your favorite places here? Yeah, I've not played much in Atlanta. I've um, done a couple of house shows. Um, I'm trying to think I've played any venues. I'd love to play Addie's Attic. I feel like that would be a really cool room uh, just to share some of these kind of songs with like a keys player or a strings player or something. Um don't think I really know many of the mid-sized venues uh, in town, but definitely one of the places I want to I want to play more often. I'm actually I am coming to Atlanta on um, in February. I think it's like the 17th, maybe, and we're playing. Um, it's like a bookstore. I want to say it's really small, little uh, intimate venue called Omi, or is it Omi's? No, I'm on the spot. I'm not sure, but it's one of these venues, and I'll have to look it up uh, and and then go from there. But yeah, excited to come through Atlanta. I played with my buddy Ben Strawn and, and my buddy Spencer Thomas Smith, uh, both great songwriters, and I think it'll be a nice little intimate show. Nice, awesome. We'll have to we'll have to get out there February seventeenth here in Atlanta. Well, yeah. you have uh, you've made it through the 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 other portion of the interview now for the really difficult portion. Uh, <laughs> Pete Peterson's party pack of questions. We're gonna see how quickly you can get through these. Uh, and here we go. Cool. Let's Here's do it. Party pack questions. Cake or pie? Cake. Salad or soup? Mm, soup. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. All right. I like it. Would you rather hit a home run or score a touchdown? Touchdown. Who day? Go right. Bengals. All right. There we go. <laughs> Would you rather have a night in or a night out? Night in. Big introverted guy. Okay. This this one's going to be an interesting question for you then. 
when you walk into a party and your jam comes on, what do you do in the robot or the worm? Hmm. I think the worm, because I'm 6'4", and it's much more impressive looking than the robot just because of the length itself. <laughs> oh, man, that's a long worm. That's a long worm. That's the goal. I like that. I like that. All right, guac or queso? Hmm. I think guac. Waffles or pancakes? Pancakes. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Although I think I am trying to switch to tea. Coffee is starting to wreck me. He's in transition. From coffee to tea. I like it. Yeah. Dogs or cats? Cats. I have two of them. Although I love dogs. Ninja or a pirate? What do you like more? Ooh. Pirate, I think. Shiver me timber. Let's go. Gatorade or Powerade? What are you drinking more of? Gatorade. It's in him. Let's go. (laughs) Toast or bagels? Hmm. A bagel. Big bagel guy. Okay. Schmear. Let's go. All right. Chips or pretzels? Hmm. Uh, chips. Fries or tots? Tots. When you're sitting down at night, do you watch a TV show or are you going to sit down and watch a movie? Movie. Movie, man. All right. Are aliens real? Absolutely. Okay. Bigfoot? Is that real? Hmm. I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say uh, sure. I'm, I don't know. That one's tough. <laughs> and <laughs> love at first sight. Is that real? Absolutely. You guys a believer. He's a believer. We love it. We love it. All right. <laughs> and our final question of Pete Peterson's party pack of questions. What are some bands that we might not know that we ought to check out? A couple. Of yeah. Give me two. Okay. Uh, my friend, Gabrielle Grace. She's great. Uh, here in Nashville. I think you should check her out. Um, been listening to this guy, Ken Yates, a lot recently. Um, mm-hmm. He, I want to say he's in Canada, but his record that just came out is called, I think it's called Cerulean. Now I'm going to eat shit if I'm wrong there, but it's a really, the, the record that he just put out is really good. Um, you asked for two, and I'm going to give you one more. There's a band called Homes at Night in Nashville that just put out their first EP, and it is incredible. I think uh, those are the three that come to mind. Beautiful. We got Gabrielle Grace, Ken Yates, and Homes at Night. We'll be taking a look at them. Uh, they cool. might be featured on some of our content coming up here. But, uh, Timothy, we appreciate you taking the time, man. I'm going to toss it back to Tash to cool. wrap us up here and get it going. Yeah, Sounds man. Good. We, uh, you know, we graduated Pete Peterson. Um, might be your next song Um, but yeah we appreciate you coming on Uh, everyone's listening he'll be here looks like February 17th Uh, cool go check him out and listen to him I guess you're Spotify Apple Music everywhere and I am uh, yes hey man we really appreciate you coming on and hopefully we can see you play soon yeah guys thanks for having me and hope to see you on the 17th in Atlanta yeah. All right, take care. Let's go. Take All care. right, see ya. See ya.